So hey guys, welcome back to Napalm and Friends. And this week I am lucky to have the indisputably talented Victor Fuentes, a musician for over 15 years and the bassist for Johnny Ruiz and the Scapers. So thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time. I really, really appreciate you sitting down with the shot because I know how busy you are and I know how busy the Escapers are. So thank you. No problem. Thank you, Nancy. And I think it's safe to say that you are absolutely dedicated to music. Uh, but before we get into, you know, where you are now as this incredibly talented musician, you have like a 15 year journey. So how did it start exactly? Like when did you start picking up like the guitar and the bass? Uh, it was like year 2004. But before that, I'll go a little bit back. <laughs> um, what ignited my love for music, honestly, is, was Jackson 5. Mm-hmm. I was a little kid and my mom rented a car and it, they had cassettes in there. So there was Jackson 5 and uh, and we just played that cassette over and over again. And, and at that moment, I knew, yo, I want to do some music, you know? And of course, ABCs as well. ABC, you know, that's just, I being little, you know, five, six years old, I was like, yo, this is awesome. <laughs> so I picked up, my first instrument was a violin. So um, my first instrument was that. After that, it was a saxophone. It was like a tenor sax. And it was just for that one year of uh, school. And after that, uh, I was like, you know what? That guitar looks really nice. I want to play it. <laughs> and I was like, I could play if I learned how to play violin or play guitar. And um, yeah, I took off on that. And literally the way I learned was uh, the casualties, the early years of the casualties and and the Ramones. You know, literally there's three chords. You play them fast and loud. And, and that's how I took off, honestly. Um, and lastly was the bass. Um, at that moment, I was uh, playing in a punk band we ended up naming it Cl- uh, Crude Hostility. And um, mm-hmm. they needed a bass player, or no, no, not even. They had a bass player. <laughs> and I know this guy till this day. His name is Ulysses. And uh, he didn't know how to play, you know? And I just, I was like, hey, do you mind if I try? And I kind of helped them form their song. They're like, dude, you're in the band, whether you like it or not. And they're like, Ulysses, you're out. I'm like, oh, dude, no, don't do that to him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, it felt so bad. And then he's like, fuck you guys. And he laughs. But we're still cool. We laugh about it. And, uh, you know, that's literally how it took off, man. And I mean, I love instruments. I got a drum set right behind me. Uh, it's just it's just me, man. It's part of my family, my dad's side of the family. They're all mariachis, singers and stuff. So it's just in my blood, you know. It's like something new inside of me that that's what I was supposed to do, you know. It seems like there's just so many different influences. You've mentioned like punk bands, you've mentioned um, like classics, like, you know, the Jackson Five, and then you mentioned like, you know, mariachi. But I mean, like what were, I mean, those, I guess, could be like the core influences of what, you know, created your style. But I mean, if you can elaborate a little bit more on that, like bands or artists that really impacted you as a musician. Dang, that's a hard one. Yeah, like that journey is long and everything has its elements, you know? It's like, it's like a, <laughs> I don't even know how to put it. Um, damn, 
it's hard to say, honestly, because I've gone to progressive metal mm-hmm. where you're doing different changes and, and screaming to, to literally gospel. I spent five years in a gospel church as a bass yeah. player. So I think, honestly, to this day, what I'm doing with the escapers came from that, that gospel, because it's literally like simple, simple bass lines. And it was challenging for me to keep it simple because I was so used to playing busy and like hundreds of notes and like four bars, it's stupid, but yeah. um, And you know, being a Latino Hispanic, you know, we love the oldies and and La Bamba and yo, man, that just took off at a certain time. But yeah, it's hard to to narrow it down for for a little bit, like break it down, it's it's challenging. I completely get it. Um, But I think it's amazing that your influences are just so varied. And then we mentioned earlier before we started recording that the Escapers has a ton of different influences. Like you guys just kind of incorporated a ton of different genres and just played with it. Um, But before we get into how the sound really came about, like how did you guys all come together in the first place? Uh, I think they've been together for five years, maybe a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been with them for three now, and they I think they used to say they used to jam in parks and stuff. I think it was Johnny, um, Kevin, and John. They would just kick it at parks with some 40s, and they just, you know, jamming. And, and then one day they're like, dude, so we got a show coming up, and we don't have a band name. <laughs> And they're like, dude, well, shit, what can we, you know, boom, let's just, you know, we're escaping here from reality, you know, from our problems, our daily uh, daily routines. Let's be the escapers, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I love the name. I was like, yo, I saw their their little post that they needed a bass player. And I was like, that's a dope name. I'm down to jam. Singer could sing. I like it the way he sings. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, man. I, um, I saw a post from a friend of theirs, Los Atascados here in Vegas, that they needed a bass player and I tried out and uh, we just clicked, man. At that moment, we were playing like that surf vibe, like surf indie-ish and yeah. uh, I just loved it. <laughs> Who's that I see walking in these woods? Why, it's Little Red Riding Hood. Until I'm sure that you've been shown That I can beat 
this really incredible like rock steady stole like soul sound and it's just so i don't know it's just one of those sounds where it just kind of gives you chills i've included your guys's music and previous playlists and along with like um a link in the bio leading to the instagram page because you guys have been busy like you guys have been playing all these shows you guys are recording you guys have all these great things coming out so i do want to say to the listener check them out i will be including the link in the bio not I, mean, I don't know if you also want your page included or just the escapers. I do want to ask like consent before I kind of put it out there, but it will connect the escapers for sure in the link of this file. So check out the music, check out the, the Vegas scene because the Vegas scene is actually very, very impressive. Like I can't wait to go and check it out, which I'm, ho- I'm hoping to go in May. 
Oh yeah. It's again, to the listeners, it's well worth your time. I know I say that for like so many different artists, but I mean it, it is music that is soothing for the soul. So you said that you were with the escapers for three years and within those three years, like what has been the most memorable show that you've played? My memorable show, honestly, is the, it was at uh, Bobby D Presents in Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was during the COVID shutdown. So they had to do like some kind of game plan. And his game plan was a master, it's a mastermind idea. Um, they literally just invited all the cars, like pull up, pull up theater kind of vibe, but with a stage. And oh, man, that was the coolest thing ever because I love all the cars, you know, like vintage cars. So to see like, you know, hundreds of classic cars out, it just felt like time kind of rewind. And I do think that your guys' music is actually perfect for that scene too, with all the oldies and like low riders or like little bombitas. Mm. It just fits. It's again, it's just so nostalgic. Like it's, it hits in the heart. And I remember seeing that show, but I was still in Washington and I was just like so pissed. And I was like, fuck, like this looks like such a great lineup and I missed out. But I'm so grateful for the people that like shared on their page, like the videos or who went live. Again, like I'm so grateful for the internet because I get to live through other people like going to these events. So I was like, well, if I can't be there, at least I can watch from afar. And um, yeah, that was an, an incredible show based on what I saw. And this, I mean, I guess this kind of leads me into my next question, which is a question that I kind of like threw out in like, I guess, season two of The Shack for the guests is, if you had to form a class, what book, album, and film would go in your class syllabus? Um, I would go with like a, a film, just because it gives you a little uh, visual stimuli. But I love that James Brown movie. Um, I think it came on 2014-ish or something like that. But man, I, you know, I love James Brown, but it's just powerful, you know, how he comes from nothing, you know? And, and, and that just inspires me, you know? Like some people say, yeah, I don't have nothing, I don't have money. You don't need that. All you need is that dream, that passion, that drive, you know? The rest just kind of unfolds, you know? Especially if, if you're doing it from the heart and it's real, you feel it, you know, from from, from the music. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that movie's powerful. Um, my kid, he was like six months when we were watching it for the first time and it was in 2020. <laughs> he was six months old and there was a huge explosion. It was like fire, we started screaming and I just thought it was a hilarious thing ever, man. My kid, he's gonna grow up listening to him for sure, <laughs> James Brown. I mean, James yeah. Brown is definitely this incredible, like, powerhouse. I. From, from what I recall, because I know I did an episode on him, uh, they called him like the hardest working man in the industry because he was just always on it. Like he always wanted to perform, like he always wanted his, his music to have it like, I think like 60, 70, like he wanted his music to have a message and like, again, just this incredibly powerful voice. And then I, I mean, I hope someone corrects me if I'm wrong, but from what I recall or from what I remember is um, he would charge his musicians and the performers that if they were late to practice or if he was like, or if they missed a note, like he would charge them on that to kind of like force them to kind of like be on their game. And I was like, dude, that's, he's intense. 
Yeah, I heard about that. I'm like, damn, all right, James, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> no, that's that's important. Yeah, sometimes it helps flee away the the, the flakes. You know, you, you if you're committed, you're gonna be there. You know, you're gonna hang out an hour before, chilling, drinking the brew or whatever. And uh, that's sick. Yeah, I do admire that. He is a hardworking man. If I could do that full time, I'd be down. You know, but. Still got to do half, you know, civilian work and yeah, the oh, music. Yeah. So but I'm, I'm grateful to, you know, be able to do that. It's more, more becoming more full time, you know. Right now, like part time. So. No, I felt yeah. bad. Like I have to work full time in order to support the shock, but it's, it's a labor of yeah. love. Yeah. But I mean, like, how does like practice go for you guys? Like, how what does the creation process look like? Because you guys are a, a fairly big group. Um, like, how many of you guys are there? Uh, we're eight, and sometimes we'll throw the ninth with the keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're officially eight right now. Um, what do you call it? But our writing process, for the most part, we always like, of course, our singer to feel, you know, natural in the song. So we just allow, you know, we have to let him do his thing. Uh, he writes his lyrics and picks a few chords. Sometimes he just has two chords. And he's like, guys, I got this idea, this vibe. And we'll literally take that, that, that seed that he has and literally plant it and grow it. You know, we got um, we got the um, lead guitarist. He's really good at making like jazz chords sound like not so jazzy. <laughs> And it just fits so well because it gives you that, 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 that like, I, I would describe it to like glue or oil. Like it just puts everything in the right place with the upchucks of the rock steady with John. Mm-hmm. He's great at that, keeping the chucking going. And then uh, our drummer keeps it simple with the one and two on the drums uh, that rock steady has, or even, you know, all these vibes simple, you know, it's not too hard. But mm-hmm. uh, literally, we just start adding our own little ideas and stuff. But our lead singer always uh, comes up with the lyrics and his basic chords and progressions. But yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a strange way, but it works.
Um, and I guess this leads me to my last question is what advice do you have for budding musicians? Honestly, a lot of musicians, when you're starting, we stress so much about theory, music theory. I need to learn all the scales, all the chords. And it's important, of course, but never forget the feeling. You know, you have to feel the music as it comes out, even if it's one note. <laughs> one note, like, has to come from the heart, you know? And uh, that's literally the main important part. The rest, it was just naturally coming, you know, from practicing and all, but that important feeling, feel it. I think um, it's so funny because before I started recording with you, I recorded with another really great uh, artist. He's actually a puppeteer. He creates like these really great uh, marionette puppets and I mean other forms of um, puppeteering. And he was also mentioning of like, it just has to, it's just a feeling like you can't really describe it. It just, oh man, I wish I knew how to like put it in, into words, but essentially you'll know it when you feel it type of deal. Mm -hmm. It just fits in. Like, as you mentioned before, it's like, instead of just trying to force it, you know, like having that dream, like it'll fall into place, like little by little. And like, much like with music and like learning, it'll slow, it's a slow process. Yeah. Type of deal. And it just, I don't know, like don't put that kind of pressure of like deadlines and like you have to do it by so-and-so day, or, you know, you have to sound like this. Mm. Like it, dude, just as long as it feels right, that's all that matters. <laughs> No, that's for that's true that's true it's like growing a tree you know you gotta plant it water it sun sun it that's the case of sunlight and all that I mean, yeah, man. Kind of questions i don't know if there's anything else that you want to add to listeners or any like future projects that they should look out for um i actually have like a couple solo pro two two solo projects and i might start a third i i, I look at it like a book you know how many books I can write, but like in music. Um, I did mention that I play some punk rock and, and that band Crude Hostility. I'm actually good friends with the drummer that I used to jam with. His name's David. And uh, I've been meaning to break it to him that I'm going to bring that project to studio. You know, I'm just going to studio it and hopefully one day I'm able to perform it live with them. But definitely bringing Crude Hostility back to to the surface you know um i have actually one song in the boat right now it's literally 80 percent done i just gotta go in there and fucking scream my lungs out <laughs> that one and then i have uh, i love dark wave um dark wave music is sick as fuck it has that indie touch but it's not always happy you know sometimes i'm not happy but i want to feel better and it has literally no lyrics uh that project's called the gallo dance i'm a big fan of lebanon Hanover. One of their songs is uh, the Gala Dance. I was like, yeah, man, fuck it. I'll, I'll name it after that. Hopefully they don't shit on me for it. <laughs> but I have uh, two songs right now on Spotify under the Gala Dance. This song called Sins mm -hmm. and the other one's Thorn of a Rose. Very, uh, very chill music. I'll and, definitely uh, be adding those in the link in the bio or the you know, bio of this episode. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's there. Yeah, I mean, if there's any other future events or anything else, like shoot over the link, I'll add it in there. Or if you ever want to come back to the shack, the door is always open. And I appreciate you giving me a bit of your time. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Nancy. I appreciate you. It's an honor. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And so I guess tune in until next week, guys. <laughs>